the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you ready for the word? Praise him. This is Pastor Pearson of Word Faith Christian Center here in sunny San Antonio, Texas. A Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church where Jesus Christ is Lord and you'll never be bored. I want to welcome all of you back to our radio broadcast and I pray it's being a blessing to you and yours. So sit back and relax as I bring a message from the Word of God just for you. But please, please, please have an ear to hear what the Lord is about to say. Because if you do, I guarantee that you'll be blessed today. So without further ado, let me bring today's message to you. It's called Transformation and Manifestation. Saints of God, I know you already know this, but our God is a good God. He's good all the time. Everything our good God does is good. Our God is also a God of transformation and manifestation. Well, since our God is a good God and he does good, then that means that all the transformations and manifestations that he causes to happen are good too. Saints of God, since that's true, we ought to let God bring whatever transformation and manifestation in our lives that he wants to do. Because whatever that transformation and manifestation might be, we know one thing for certain, that it's going to be good. So without further ado, let me share today's message with you. It's called Transformation and Manifestation. But before I do, I got a question to ask you. Are you ready for the word? Because ready or not, here it comes. How y'all doing today? So am I. Same Lord, same faith, same results. If you got a Bible with you, I invite you to turn to James chapter 1. Come on, let's have some fun as we dive back into this word that God gave me to give to you so that we can all be blessed by it, transformed, and step into the manifestations that God has in store for me and you. What a privilege. Praise God. Because God desires each and every one of us who are his to experience transformation and manifestation. By the way, that's the name of the message we're working on. It's called Transformation and Manifestation. Transformation and Manifestation. Two things that God wants to manifest in the midst of our lives this year. Transformation and Manifesting. That's what he wants to do for the folk up in here, up in here, up in here. Of course, that's if we cooperate with him, then those things will manifest in our lives too. And there are going to be some good things that's going to manifest in the life of you. James chapter 1, foundational text of which we'll read and do a very brief review. And then go into today's stuff, which is for that I'm going to bless you. Because it's going to give you further understanding of part of the transformation that God's got planned for you. James chapter 1, verse 17. Of course, the first pastor of the first church is teaching his church. Same thing that this pastor is teaching this church. Starting with verse 16. It says, do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And come up down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness neither shadow of turning, which means he don't change, he don't alter. He's the same way all the time. Well, how is he? He's a good God. And he, and he makes sure that the things that happen in our lives are good too. So the gifts that he gives us, the things that he'll manifest for us, the things that he'll bring into our lives are good. In the Greek, that is good in the widest sense, good in any sense. So that means any kind of way that it's good, God's going to make sure that it happens for you. Now, that's not necessarily good in your eyes, but it's good in his eyes. But yet when it manifests, you'll find out it's good in your eyes, too, because you'll see why he did what he did 
and you'll be so glad that he did what he did too. That's because that word good also translates a benefit, which means God wants to cause things that happen in your life that will benefit you, that will benefit the world because of what happened to you, that'll benefit your family, benefit the folk around you too. God wants you to be a benefit, so he's going to do some things that will benefit you, that will be a great benefit to you. We should desire these things to be able to happen in our lives. We should let the Lord be God in our lives. In fact, practice that. Say, Lord, Lord, do what you do. Because I know it's good since it came from you. Amen. That's what we ought to do. We ought to let the Lord be God and let him do what he want to do in the midst of our lives. So he can be able to do in our lives that cause transformation and manifestation to happen in our lives. Notice, of course, transformation is before manifestation. So that's why transformation is the one we want to focus on the most, because once we may have that transformation, the manifestation will be automatic. In fact, some of the manifestation is going to come in the transformation that God has in store for me and you, because we found our changes available to me and you to be better than we were now, than we are now. Changes are better. Look at your neighbor and say, you actually can get better. You actually can get better. Mm -hmm, Don't seem like it, but it can. You can actually get better. Good as you is, as good as you got it. God said, I can make it better and I can make you better too. But we found out that the transformation process began when we were born again. That when we were born again, ha, Spirit of the Lord moved within and he began to recreate us in his image and likeness and reconcile us to himself so that we can be able to have and enjoy this life that he came to be able to make sure we get. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. That's what God wants you to have. He wants you to have life. Zoe kind of life. Praise God, that's the God kind of life. Or the kind of life that God has always intended and planned for you to be able to have too. And then when you get that, he's not going to stop there, but he wants you to have it more abundantly too. In the literal Greek, it's super abundantly. Praise God. God wants you to have it in super abundance. That's more than enough. So that you can not just have enough for you, but you can have enough for everybody else around you too. But God wants us to continue to be transformed until we become like Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. Put your hands in the air. <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to, y'all don't know that song. Let's just move on. We want to be like Jesus. We want to be like him. That's why after we get born again, God tells us to be like Jesus. He said, be imitators of him as dear children and walk in love like he walked in love. And then he commenced to telling us how he walked in love. He didn't get caught up in stupid stuff that the children of disobedience get caught up in. But we'll be a people where that, can, that stuff came to an end. And we can live this thing out like we're supposed to. That's why, after being born again, God tells us what's necessary for the transformation to occur in our lives. He says, submit your body unto me as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's what God wants us to do. He wants to prove it. But to prove it, we have to approve it. We have to accept it first. Because a lot of us will not accept the transformation. Oh, we accept it in terms of mental assent, that this is what God has in store for me and you. But we don't accept it in the terms of the fact that we want it to happen to me and you and cooperate with God and let God do what he want to do. But that was before. That ain't no more. Because we are people that's going to let him do what he said he wants to do this year. Some of us are going to make some advancements that we never made before, that we've been waiting for. God said, this is what well, this is your time. But I need you to cooperate with me, approve, so I can prove through you what it is that I want to do. God is committed to our transformation. We found out we ought to be the same thing. We ought to be committed to it too. 
Because God intends for each and every one of us who are born again to experience transformation in the midst of our lives. That's what we've been learning about for the last few times. God wants us to get as close to the original me and you as he intended us to be when he first made me and you. As close to as possible. Up to including the place that we are the person that he always intended us to be. Living this thing out totally free like he intended for you and me. Well, we've been conformed into the image of his son so that we can then be able to do what he wants us to do. And that's use me and you like he was supposed to do. That's what we dealt with last time. We found out Jesus will reveal the father to us. So the, the ultimate aim in each and every one of us should be to be conformed into the image of, and likeness of God so that we can be similar to him. Of course, Psalms told us, Psalms number eight told us we made us just a little lower than him. Praise God. But see, God says, I want to conform you to be a mini me. I want you to be and just act just like me. That's why he created us in his image and after his likeness. We found out last time we got together, one of the reasons why God wants all of us to be conformed into the image of Jesus is because Jesus was the express image of his father. He was the express image of the father. He was the carbon copy, the duplicate of who his father was. He was the same thing that the father was. That's one of the reasons why I can make bold statements like I don't say anything other than what my father say and I don't do anything other than what my father do because he was the express image, the figure stamped of his father. And that's what God wants us to do, too. But he told us this son perfectly mirrors God and is stamped with God's nature. We got that out of the message Bible that this son, speaking of Jesus, perfectly mirrors the father and is stamped with God's nature. Well, that's what we're supposed to do is begin to mirror the father. And if you ever want to know how does mirror the father look, go stand in a mirror and then move and watch the mirror image move with you and do the same thing, too. And that's the image of what God wants you to do. He wants you to be the mirror image of him in such a way as every time you move, every time he move, you move in the direction that he move, you move the way he move, you move so that you could be the mirror image of God like Jesus was how he wants us to be. That's why we found out left off last time saying that we should all ask God to transform us into a person that he can use like that, who will be the mirror image and the model and the example of what he wants us to be so that we can then be able to live it out the way he wants us to live it out for eternity. Turn to Romans chapter eight, please. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your magnificent word. It's an honor to be in the family of God. Absolute honor. And that's just to be in there. But if you allow yourself, well, now that you're in there, to begin to start being transformed like the Father wants you to do, you'll find out that it's more than an honor. It's a privilege to be in the family too. Because God will transform you from the person that you were to the person that he wants you to be. It'll go from glory to glory, from grace to grace. It'll continue to move forward by faith. As he shows you one level, he'll and you conform to it, he'll show you another level, then he'll conform to it, till before you know it, you'll be, oh my goodness, you'll be conformed into the image of his son, the way he wants you to do. Romans chapter 8, verse 26, we'll see here what a word tells us, that God intends Jesus to be the firstborn of many brethren. He intends for Jesus to be the firstborn of many brethren. Now this is the father's intention. This is what he had on his mind. Before, after, and during the time that he saved you and me is that he wants us to be conformed into the image of his son. And he ain't stopped doing it either. I don't care how long you've been in the body of Christ. 
I don't care how stubborn you've been or resistant you've been your whole life. God hasn't changed his mind. Your stubbornness does not override his faithfulness because he intends to do this with you. Just cooperate with God and let him do what he do. Romans chapter 8, begin reading at verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. I got anybody in who love God. Look look what else he said about you. To them who are the called according to his purpose. We already found out that word call means invited. Well, God has invited us to this purpose, to his purpose. He's invited us to fulfill this purpose. He's invited us. But although he invited us, praise God, he's already appointed us because that word invited, kaleo, also means appointed. Well, God has appointed this to me and you. Now, whether we accept the appointment is another thing. Whether we accept the invitation is another thing. But that doesn't change that he's already invited and appointed me and you to do this. And, 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 and he said in verse 29, for whom he did for a no, he also did predestinate, which means give you a destination ahead of time, to be conformed to the image of his son, that he, speaking of the son, might be the firstborn among many brethren. So Jesus' God's intent was for us, those of us who are born again, to be conformed into his image, to be conformed into his image. Jesus' image is the one who God wants every one of us to be conformed into. Jesus' image. Now before, I was, when I was growing up, folks say, I want to be like Mike. That's what they were saying, praise God. I was actually grown, praise God, but some folk that was grown were still trying to grow up, praise God. Hallelujah. They want to be like Mike, praise God. So they would try to look like Mike, act like Mike. Hey, man, that's when folks start going to get their hair cut off and shaved. Praise God, shaved off so they can be like Mike. I drew the line there. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. It wasn't, that wasn't happening. But anyway, um, I'm just saying the different things, you know, so we can look like him. That's the point I'm trying to raise. Praise God. God wants us conformed into Jesus' image. That word conformed, we already said, means jointly formed. That is similar. Jointly formed. That is similar. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It also translates fashioned like unto. Fashioned like unto. He wants us jointly formed. That is similar. Almost like we're going down an assembly line. And the same parts is put on every piece that goes down that line. Every single one comes out with those same parts too. Everyone comes with those same features too. Because we are jointly formed right along with the, each, the other one that was formed too. To the point that we're similar. We found out, praise God, that it also translates fashion like unto But God shared something else with us here that's very important that we need to pay attention to, too. And that's that he intends Jesus to be the firstborn of many brethren. The firstborn of many brethren. Now, when he says many brethren, the word many means a large or considerable number. A large or considerable number. Which means he wants Jesus to be the firstborn of many brethren. Many, not just a few. In such a way, it should be a lot of people like this. There should be people all over the place that's like this. This is what he intends for it to do. And you would think, I don't know, this is just me, praise God. Maybe I shouldn't put natural time on it. But you would think that after over 2,000 years of this thing being in manifestation, that you should have folk all over the place that's conformed into his image and likeness. That you should have more little Jesuses that you can shake a stick at. 
that you should have more folk that look like Jesus, act like Jesus, be like Jesus. Praise God that it would be like, man, they everywhere. But it ain't like that. One of the reasons why is because we still haven't approved what God wants to prove through me and you. We haven't accepted it yet. Some of us been in church forever. Three years, five years, seven years, ten years. Give me 15. Can I get 15? Can I get 20? Can I get 20? We've been in there 20, 25 years. Some, some say, I've been there since I was a child. Then why aren't you conformed into the image of his son? It's a choice that's being made. To do or not to do what God wants us to do. So it's irrelevant how long you've been in the body of Christ. Question is, is will you submit to Christ and, and become conformed into his image and likeness like he wanted to do? So that Jesus could be the firstborn of many brethren and the many brethren include you. Turn to Colossians chapter 1. See, God's intention is for his church to be conformed into his image. There's different ways of looking when God tells you about a year, when he says that this is a year of transformation and manifestation. Many of us will automatically go to thinking about ourselves. But he might be prophesying about what he get. I'm finally going to get a manifestation of people being transformed like I want them to do. Amen. Might be. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. Here he says it again. Anytime he says something more than one time, you might want to pay attention to it. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, he said, speaking of Jesus, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth. Visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence. Notice, go back to verse 15, who is the firstborn? Of every creature. Well, there we go again with that firstborn thing. God intends for Jesus, we already found out in Romans chapter 8, verse 29, that he intends for us to be him, him to be the firstborn of many brethren. Now, that word firstborn right there is the word protokos. Proto, no, prototokos. There it is. Okay, you got to put the other one, toto. Prototokos. It's prototokos which means firstborn. It means firstborn. The inference is that he's the first of more than one, that he's the first of more than one, because if it wasn't prototokos, then it would be the only born. But he's not the only born. He's the firstborn, which infers the first of more than one. In fact, it's the same word that we get our word prototype from. It's the same word that we get our word prototype from. So Jesus is the prototype of many brethren. He's the prototype of many brethren. The word prototype means the original or model on which something is based or formed. The original or model on which something is based or formed. Well, Jesus is the original. He's the model on which something else is born and that something else is us. Where everything is based on him. Everything is, is modeled after him, that we're supposed to be based on him. We're supposed to be modeled after him. 
That's why he said over in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Turn there. Keep your finger here. We're coming back. Praise God. Genesis chapter 1. I know you've seen it before. You could probably quote it, but I want you showing off in front of the people next to you. Just turn to it so that they can, you know, turn, see you turn to it just like them too. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. It reads, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God, Elohim, Elohim is in the plural, of course. Praise God, Elohe is in the singular. Elohim is in the plural. And so it's letting us know that he's talking about more than one. It says, so God created man in his own image. In In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he him. But notice in verse 26, and God, Elohim, in the plural, said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. So the man, that's us. Man, remember, ladies, he's not talking about male. He said male, man, because man is the species that's created in the image and likeness of God, both male and female created in them. So God's original intention for the word man was that it would speak of a species that's created like him in his image and likeness. Satan has twisted the word man to make us think male praise God so that we will no longer think about that a man is supposed to be in the image and likeness of God but that's the first thing on our mind after getting born again and our mind being renewed so we start seeing ourselves as a species that's supposed to be in the image and likeness of God we're people that's supposed to be like him well that's all that we have time for today we trust that you are blessed by what the word of God had to say saints of God What the Word of God says about our God and what He wants to do for me and you is true. He really is a God of transformation and manifestation who wants to do transformations and manifestations in the lives of me and you. Transformations and manifestations that are going to be good for me and you. That's if we let God do what He wants to do for me and you. Let's let God be the God who He is. Let's cooperate with the God who wants to cause transformation and manifestations to happen in the lives of His. Let's let God cause transformation and manifestation in the lives of me and you. We'll be blessed if we do. If you want to hear the message in its entirety, just contact the church office at area code 210-785-9238. That's area code 210-785-9238. Or write us at Word of Faith Christian Center, 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, 78213. We'll be more than glad to get it out to you ASAP. If you're in or visiting San Antonio surrounding areas, come on by and visit us at Word of Faith. We're located at 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, between West and Blanco. Service times are Wednesdays at noon, Thursday evenings at 645, Saturday afternoons at 430, and Sunday mornings at 8 and 11. If you don't have transportation or you're in need of a ride, we'll come and get you. We have a VIP transportation service that's available for every service. We'll pick you up, bring you to the church, and then drop you off at home after it's over. Just call the church office and arrange a ride. We'll be glad to come and get you. And to all of our senior saints in San Antonio and surrounding areas, I want to invite all of you to an exciting fellowship that'll be held at Word of Faith tomorrow morning just for you. It's called Age of Grace. Age of Grace is a monthly mature adult fellowship for saints ages 55 through 155 from all over San Antonio and surrounding areas. That meets the third Saturday of every month from 9.30 a.m. until around 12 noon where our Silver Saints, our Golden Gang, and our Platinum Pack get together for food, fun, fellowship, 
periodic inexpensive outings and day trips, and of course, the Word of God. There's no charge, but a free will offering will be taken. If you need a ride, VIP transportation service is available for this too. Just call the church office and arrange a ride. We'll be glad to come and get you. So, if you've been blessed to reach the age of grace, that's age 55 through 155, and you are up for hanging out with some other saints your age who love God, love the Word of God, and still love having fun and fellowshipping too, then Age of Grace Fellowship at Word of Faith is the perfect fellowship for you. So come on through and bring some other word-loving, fun-loving saints who are in the Age of Grace with you when you do. You'll be so glad you did, and they will too. And by the way, if you're 156 years or older, just call me up. I'll get you in. Don't forget, saints, make sure that you're in church on Sunday. If you're not at work, every child of God needs to be in their father's house on Sunday. There's no substitute for being in church, fellowshipping with other believers and worshiping God in the house of God too. I believe every child of God ought to say what the psalmist said when he said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. So if you can be in church on Sunday, then be in church on Sunday. You'll be blessed when you do, I guarantee you. And to all of you who've been a blessing to us by sending words of encouragement by letter or email to us, sharing with us, that you're being blessed by the messages and that you're praying for us, I want to say to all of you, thank you. And to all of you who've been so kind to send financial offerings in support of our ministry, we want to say to all of you from the bottom of our heart, thank you. The Bible says, God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he so reap. Well, since all of you have been such a tremendous blessing to us, writing words of encouragement to us, praying for us, and even sending financial support to us, we know that God's going to do what he said in his word that he would do. That is, make sure that you can reap what you've sown. So we thank God in advance for all the blessings that are coming your way because of your being a blessing that you've been to all of us. May God richly bless all of you for blessing us as we endeavor to do what God has called us to do. That is to be a blessing to a blessed people like you. So once again, thank you for being a blessing. Don't forget to tune in to our broadcast next week for more of this life-changing word we have in store for you. Call a neighbor, call a friend, tell them to tune in. But when you do, know that we're going to ask the same question of you. That is, are you ready for the word? Y'all stay blessed. See you next week. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 